Good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Welcome to The Truth with Bill. Hello everyone, I'm happy to be back. It's been a long time. If you're in the States, then you may have celebrated Thanksgiving. It's a good time to be thankful for everything we have and everyone in our lives. Uh, for me, it's quite a busy year. I tend to preach more in the summer months and practice more during the winter months. In any event, uh, with this much time passing, I certainly have things to talk about. First, I'd like to discuss something called third-person meditation. I'm not sure if this is a thing or if it falls under a different name, but it's something I've been practicing, and it has proven to be helpful. In literature, we know there's a first person, a second person, and a third person form of writing. The narration will take on one of these forms and may alter the form of narration at any given time depending of the context of the story. First person is very I, very individual. It is direct experience with how the narrator perceives what is happening to him or her. If the narrator is describing things in third person, and let's say the narrator is I, then it would be as follows. Bill's talking about interesting stuff on his podcast right now. Bill's mouth is parched and needs a drink of water, etc., etc. As a matter of fact, I challenge all of you to hit the pause button and try to talk about yourself in the third person. Try it for five minutes and see how many gaps and pauses you have left. It is difficult. It is difficult because we live in a very first-person world. Who goes around speaking in the third person? No one unless you're crazy or if you're on a Seinfeld episode. How does the third person stuff work? Simple. I would suggest staring off into space, preferably something that has little detail not to distract you. And by the way, we have all had the slack-jawed yokel look from time to time. Maybe we're deep in thought or remembering a past event. But for this, we want no thoughts, nothing, very much like an open-eyed meditation. And yes, you can blink. The object is to simply have no thought and picture yourself doing exactly what you're doing, which is staring off into space. Of course, some imagination is required, but the idea is to create a kind of third-person sense of self, as opposed to your everyday first-person self, creating a per perceived separation from the first person, you, the biological you, and witnessing the biological you in the third person. If we could easily take on the third person self, we could better coach our lives, make better choices for ourselves, and not put ourselves in endless pains and sufferings. The third person view is the most advantageous. If someone comes to you looking for advice, you have no direct connection to the issues, you could view it in the third person. And when you do, you have the best advice to give. It is when we are part of it in the first person that we cannot see the forest from the trees. Of course, the level of, of course the level of advice is based on the individual's perception, experience. If that individual is willing and able to challenge any cultural truths that may have been passed down, etc. You see where I'm going. If I were using my third person self to observe what transpired a week ago, I wouldn't have had to talk about anything today. I was at work one day and I saw a shopkeep that I have seen since I started working. The shopkeep is always pleasant and will always say hi, and my impression of this person was someone who was very down to earth. And what happened was something very unexpected. We passed some idle chit chat and I looked at my watch to see the time. To my surprise, the shopkeep burst out laughing, 
and it was soon made clear that the shopkeeper was getting a giant belly laugh from my watch. And let me back up. I purchased my 1995 watch because I needed it, and I needed it to serve a purpose. That purpose is to tell the time and nothing more. For most things that I need out of necessity, I will spend as little as possible, and I intentionally went out of my way to make this meager purchase for that point specifically. And here I am, getting laughed at. If I were perfect, I would have seen this as a positive opportunity. I am not. So I felt something called earth energies. Earth energies can be depicted as anything that is in the physical. My watch was purchased with the intent of not wanting to spend any more than I had to for something with a purpose I needed. However, this watch was purchased with ego. It was ego that made me go out of my way to consciously make this purchase with intent of making the smallest purchase I could. And what happened when someone took a shot of my ego? What we would expect, I felt earth energies rising up from my feet to my first chakra, making its way up to my third chakra, the Manipura chakra. And in this chakra, it is between the belly button and the sternum. It is the chakra that defines your confidence, defines who you are in this world, who you make yourself out to be. It is the point where the soul defines itself through the physical world. In Japan, the Japanese believe this is where the soul enters and exits the body uh, from birth to death. It is the exact location of seppuku, where a samurai will stab himself or herself with his own sword, quote, death before dishonor, physical death before one dishonors their soul. This is where the earth energies rested for me. And it makes sense. This was a shot at my ego, a shot of who I am and who I made myself to be. And from here, it went straight to my brain. And in my brain, I was mad. I was angry. How dare this person challenge my thinking, my understanding, and a verbal assault followed. Before I could think of the words to say, I was already saying them. <clears throat> if this was a test put in front of me by the divine, then I failed, and I failed with a big, fat F. What is interesting is what happened next. Well, a few days. You see, it took a long time for me to digest what happened, where I failed, how I'd given myself ego in an attempt to do without ego. I was also very sorry for what I said. If I were able to see the situation in the third person, I would have said things differently, done things differently. And just like the divine always has and always will, gave me another chance. The shopkeep did not speak to me for a few days. We clearly avoided one another. But after some time, we exchanged niceties again. And our friendship, which consisted of hello and goodbye kind of thing, has moved to a place where conversation can be had. Both parties actively listen. Looking back, if I had said what I should have said, or I'm sorry, if I said what I think I should have said in the beginning, I'm sure it would have fallen on deaf ears. Now, I think the shopkeep will be more apt to listen. And I'll keep you all updated. Speaking of earth energies... A friend of mine was going through a valley, and we all have these hills and valleys throughout life. Now that I have lived through my own hills and valleys, I could look back to them. My friend being younger has not had the direct experience with hills and valleys, and they seem very new. I remember being younger and going through my own valleys, and it would never fail that the moment the valley seemed so deep, something would happen, and I would be up on the hill again. Where the situation changed, my perception of the situation changed, 
but something gave way for me to come to a hill again, and I began to trust my hills, and if I were ever in a valley again, I knew that a hill would be before me. It might take some work, but nonetheless, a hill. I do believe that the divine will help you see your way out of a valley. My watch example. If my ego was not challenged in regards to my watch, how would I ever know when I'm filling my ego with more ego? Think of the devastation I would have had if I kept up the non-materialistic, non-ego, all in the name of no ego. This would have been a valley for me. It would have set me up for quite the valley. Even when we fail, also, even when we fail the divine, the divine always gives us another chance. As a matter of fact, it gives us another chance after that, and a chance after that, and a chance after that, and a chance after that. And if you never complete that chance, your biological body dies, you'll be given another biological body, and having another opportunity to make it right. So this other chance, I know I now have another chance with this shopkeep. I also know that the shopkeep will listen more now that our friendship has increased because of our blow-up two weeks ago. There's something interesting that I paid attention to when I was young, and this was other people's hills and valleys. I saw people in a valley, and some could pull themselves out while others could not. The rules to live by in every religious book when followed seem to allow exits out of each valley we find ourselves in. It is when people went against the rules to live by that the valleys got deeper. Uh, lust, greed, drugs, etc., etc. Uh, you name just about any religious cardinal rule, and if someone was going against it, the valley got worse. When I was young, I also knew that the spiritual life was the life for me. As a child, it was easy, and as a teen, not so easy. Things became difficult in the way in which I knew I had to live. It seemed that the spiritual path was too difficult for me to follow and adhere to. I was a teen and I wanted to live crazy. The further I got from my spiritual path, the harder it seemed to live. It was almost forgotten. But then there was something so very tiny, like a little speck of light tugging at my shirt. This was my connection to the divine that I had almost forgotten. This was the divine that I would speak to as a child. The one who was always there for me and would never leave my side. And here it was still. Through everything I have put this divine fraction through, it is still here. It has never given up on me, and I'm here to tell you that it will never give up on you. The divine wants you to succeed. Every test you are put through, and the divine wants you to come out on top, wants you to see the truth, the truth about yourself, your place here, your understanding of why, and what your purpose is. Now the spiritual life is the easiest life for me to live. I can never go back to my old thinking, my old way of life, and how I saw things. This reminds me of the documentary of Yogananda, in which one of his followers said something like, quote, I remember speaking to Yogananda, and I told him, You mean I could still go out and get drunk and be with different women, and still come up here and pray with you all? Yogananda's response was, Yes. The man could not imagine this, and in time he understood why Yogananda said it didn't matter, because all it took was this man living this life the, the slightest, most minimum way, and it changed his life. Now he can no longer picture himself living the way he once did. And why? Because it is easier. So doing dishes. We could look at this one from three different ways. First, 
I can't believe I'm doing the dishes again. I always do the dishes. No one ever says thanks or realizes what a pain it is to do them. The second way. I'm doing the dishes so my partner, child, loved one doesn't have to. I want to do this for them or I'm doing, or I'm doing the dishes for myself so I can be proud of my accomplishment, uh, clean home, etc. And then the third way. I'm a fraction of the divine, as is everyone in this home. This is not for the individual specifically, not for their biological selves. No, this is for the fraction of the divine. If our bodies are our puppets for the fraction of the divine that is us, then any physical action we do with our physical body is for the divine. Living life this way, thinking of every action in this way, makes living a good life, a spiritual life, very easy. Well, that's all I have for today, folks. Thank you for joining me. I uh, hope you all are having a, a good week, a good day. I love you all, and we'll see you soon. This has been The Truth with Bill.